Welcome to the Arupe Jesuit Podcast, the podcast where we uncover what makes Arupe Jesuit High School such a special place. I'm Father Louis Hotop. And I'm Meredith Blattner. Arupe Jesuit is Denver's Crystal Ray High School, where students not only receive a great education, but they are also employed as interns by the school's corporate sponsors. Today, we're going to be talking about hope by talking to John Wickowitz, a former colleague and coworker at Arupe Jesuit and um, junior Christian. But first, St. Ignatius teaches us to begin with gratitude. What's something you're grateful for, Meredith? Uh, creativity, Louie. I recently got some chalk markers and I have a little chalkboard at my house and so I've been making really random funny signs and placing them all over and it's just a little thing that's been bringing me gratitude and uh joy lately so that's so good you need those little things sometimes that, that keep you going that you just look at it and you smile and you're like oh that's great <laughs> something i do now this is not my gratitude but i will just add something okay. that i do now is i try to go for a walk every day because i'm an old person oh yeah get those <laughs> ten thousand steps when i get to ten thousand i force myself to do a cheer out loud <laughs> i go yeah <laughs> That's like, I, when I go running, sometimes I'll do the Mario, you know, like uh-huh. Mario Luigi, like, woo. But those little things, they help you to just kind of celebrate the moment and get through the day. Yeah. Bring you back to your childhood self. Anyway, um, what is your gratitude moment? My gratitude moment, uh, kind of an amazing thing. So I used to work on the U.S.-Mexico border, and I um, worked with migrants there in camps where people would live in tents and in real squalor. And a family that I met there moved to Denver around the same time that I moved here. And so I ended up getting together with them just today, gave them a tour of the building, yeah. tried to convince them that they should send their kids here to to school. And so it was it was a great experience just to have those ministries kind of come together. That is so special. Yeah, it was great. I mean, and they were, you know, they were nervous and they have two kids that are in um sixth and seventh grade so we've got a little time they're still working on their english so yeah uh, but definitely something we would love to see here at arupe if they were willing to come and exciting it's kind of hope filled i think just to see how they're progressing as a family here in the united states extremely well i hope to see them in a few years here at arupe well we're so grateful for our guest today on this episode and uh, we look forward to sharing their stories with you as well We are so grateful to be joined today by John Wickowitz, who was here at Arupe's very beginnings. He joined the Arupe staff in 2005. Thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, happy to be here. Grateful to have the conversation. Maybe we could just start off uh, by you describing for us those early days. What was Arupe like during those those early days back in 2005? Sure. Um, I had um, graduated in 2004 uh, from undergrad and had done a year of volunteer work with Boys Hope, Girls Hope. And so, yeah, joined the staff in 2005 and stayed on until 2019. And um, as I've been reflecting on those early years, the theme that um, has emerged for me is one of uh, being a liminal space, being a, an in-between space, a, a time of transition and threshold. And I think um, there were so many different pieces of those early years that were in transition. And um, 
that it created a really unique opportunity. Um, and the energy around the school and uh, what we were able to do, you know, to creatively solve problems and collaborate to meet the needs of students and their families was just really energizing. And um, I think that's as a result of the fact that it was uh, a school that was getting started. Um, lots of people in the early staff who themselves were in liminal spaces, um, students who were adolescents, which is a period of um, threshold between, you know, being a child and being an adult. Um, and because we are grounded in such a rich tradition, we were able to make our way through that space, I think, pretty effectively. And, um, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like the tradition of Arupe and the mission of Arupe really drove the faculty and staff and the students during this period of growth in this liminal space when things were a little undefined. Were there any challenges um, or any accomplishments that you um, faced with other faculty members or students um, that are profound in your, like, your memory looking back? Um, I, I don't know that any individual moments stand out. Um, you know, I think the, the experience of solidarity and, and parallel process um, comes up for me because, you know, we, nothing was established. We were, we were really trying to figure things out on the fly. Um, we had people who, who had come from all over the place. You know, some folks had been at Array in Chicago. Um, some folks had come from California, folks from St. Louis. Um, so everybody was in a new space. Everybody was trying to figure this thing out. Um, the students rolled the dice and, and signed up and hopped on board um, but we didn't have systems and we didn't have structures and we were working with adolescents who were going to push up against every single possible boundary. And so, you know, there were challenges all the time. Um, but I think what, what made it effective was that, you know, everybody was mission driven and, and believed in the mission of the school. I think we had school leaders who reminded us of that, um, pretty regularly. And I think, because it was wide open, there was also, um, you know, lots of opportunity. And I think a, a deep trust of, of the faculty and staff to try to problem solve. And, and we were sort of given license and liberty to try things out and to experiment and to um, also try and hone into what the students were, were telling us, either explicitly or implicitly with uh, their behavior or their interest or the things that motivated them or didn't motivate them. So um, by, by listening to the students, you know, we were in this sort of um, dynamic of, of learning as much from them as, as they were from us. And that I think really informed um, a, a lot of the structures and systems that we built that um, have continued to be refined over time. Yeah, I think something that people don't often think about, especially with these Krista Ray schools is the, experimental nature of getting them off the ground. And, and we have students that are uh, not only coming from low-income backgrounds or coming from difficult backgrounds sometimes, but also uh, going off to work and doing uh, that part of the schoolwork and then coming back and doing an extended day, an extended year, just to make sure we can get all the credits in. And I think all of that is is... It's either going to be paralyzing 
or it's a chance to be creative. It's a chance to take those risks, like you were saying, a chance to really take on something experimental together. And so just just want to pick your brain a moment about, you know, what what did that teach you, you know, about uh, taking risks or being creative, especially as a group? Do you feel like you you grew in some ways and that uh, that it taught you something just going through that experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I got an undergraduate degree in religious studies and then did a volunteer year and then really had no idea what to do with myself. And so I was also in this like period of transition and didn't really know what I wanted to do or how I was going to use, you know, my degree or, or any of the, you know, quote unquote gifts I had to share with the world, um, and really stumbled upon Arupe. And so, you know, I think when we talk about a school that really cares about students and cares about families, I think it's a school that also cares about um, faculty and staff. And so, you know, I think what I felt uh, right from the very beginning was a, a deep um, respect for me as a human being, a, a lot of trust in me. And, you know, I had had periods in my life where I um you know, I, I made mistakes. I had come up short. Um, you know, the sort of uh, inner critic we've all got was was loud at that moment. And so to arrive in a space where um, there were people who believed in me um, and, and, you know, kind of energized me as a professional and encouraged me to take those risks, um, it, it felt really good. It, it was empowering. Um, and it really... Um, yeah, I, I think Arupe instantly felt like home for me um, because, and a lot of that comes from the mission and the people who had who had lived and grown up uh, with the uh, Jesuit tradition, um, Michael Hagen and, and Gary Menard, you know, people that really, um, yeah, believed in me. And so then I could take those risks and it was a space where um, we were all, you know, um, like lifelong learners, we were all, um, open to reflection and refinement. I think we had a lot of really good, um, open dialogue and, and because there was so much trust, we were able to be humble with our work, um, and really present the, the challenges to the group, um, and learn from one another. And my, yeah, I mean, my, my greatest mentors in my whole life come from a um, you know, I think folks folks that are still there, you know, Brent Dexter and, and Stefan Graham and, and Mike Lovingoods, folks that aren't there, um, you know, Brooklyn Drovenak and, and Beth Kelly. Um, these are folks that just, um, yeah, taught me so much. Um, and that was because we were in a space where we were held and and cared about and where, where people trusted us. And that allowed us to be open to, uh, open to growth, open to um, receiving feedback. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, leadership have, have done a really good job of creating spaces for us to do that. Um, and we had to do a lot of it early. Yeah, it really sounds like Arupe was a home to you, um, a place that you grew into yourself, a place that you could call people family. Um, how did the work that you did at Arupe um, help shape who you are now and the work that you're doing uh, today? Yeah, so um, 
for for 10 years, I was a theology teacher. I think in my first year, I was maybe part-time and still working part-time at Boys Hope. Um, I, I coached soccer and, you know, did, did various things over the years. But the, the day in, day out relationship building with students, I think, was probably the most important thing I learned. Um, and I think it's really what informed my desire to go on and get a, a master's degree in counseling at Regis University. And then, you know, I've been a, a, a licensed clinician ever since. Um, and I think, yeah, what I realized early on was that cultivating relationships was more important than anything I was going to put on the board or in a PowerPoint. Um, and that students, you know, weren't really going to learn from me until they trusted me. And so I had to really invest in earning their trust and, and meeting them where they were at. And that was a, there was a learning curve to that, right? You show up and you have expectations for how, how students should behave. And, you know, if, if you say something, they should listen. And so um, I learned so much about how to um, be responsive to every single student, however they showed up uh, that day. And yeah, those, those relationships um, mean a lot to me. I think often of, of students that I taught in those early years or coached in those early years. Um, and, and I, I think I tried to create a, a, at least a classroom space where students felt that they could take risks um, and where they could um, ask hard questions or, or say things that might not have, um, you know, that it might have been a risk for them to say and, and um, they might have been vulnerable saying it, but to try and create spaces where all voices could be heard and all um, opinions could be heard and where we had really respectful and open dialogue. And so, yeah, then having worked as a teacher and, and having seen what all the counselors did, um, and, and I was able to see that they were able to reach and work with the students that I couldn't in the classroom. I was like, you know, I want to do that. And so they were a great model for me. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful that I've had the opportunity to go to Regis U um, while teaching and then to transition into a counselor role um, after my 10th year of teaching. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody that's worked at a Bay is, um, yeah, we're, we're made humble by the stories of our students and their families and, and what, um, what students go through, what families have been through um, to show up every day and, uh, you know, sit in a classroom or go to a corporate work site is really um, miraculous um, what a lot of students do. And so that, that always helped uh, me have gratitude for, you know, the, the gifts of my own life and the opportunities that I had. And so, you know, I, I really felt like um, it, it continued to inspire me to want to be generous um, with myself and my time, my energy, um, just knowing the sacrifices that families made and that students made to be a part of a group. Yeah. I think that really hits on something that, you know, there is a desire in us to work with these families, especially in their difficulties. And I think part of that desire and fulfilling that desire is to understand yourself and what you might best be able to offer this community. And so just to hear you saying, I wanted to deepen those relationships with my students. I wanted to understand them even more. And so then I went to school for counseling in order to have 
those kind of interactions that you don't always get on the soccer field or you don't always get in the classroom, but identifying your own gifts as a way to really immerse yourself uh, in these in these families' lives and to live in solidarity with them. So I I think that's such a such a beautiful image of what we hope for here at Arupe that in this community we can take the gifts of the people that are present in this building and use them for God's greater glory, as we say, or use them for <laughs> the kingdom in a very real, tangible way. And so, uh, you know, like I, I hear you, I guess this is just, I find so encouraging, like I hear you and I hear the mission of the school still living through you and through your story. And I'm just very grateful uh, for you and 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 for your willingness to come on and and bear witness to that, you know, and to to show us that it's, you know, this is just a moment in time and in the history of this institution, which will hopefully continue to carry forward this this same mission of of creativity, of meeting people where they are, and of using our gifts uh, to help others. Uh, I, my biggest fear was always that leaving Arupe, you know, I'd never find a place like it. And it, it has been the truth. There have been places that do, um, I think, tremendously uh, good work. And I've been a part of some really great institutions. But um, to have have all the pieces in place and the personnel in place, um, the, a supportive board and a supportive community that enables Arupe to keep um, growing and thriving, is it's, it's really a special thing. And so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the time that I had there. It's, it's, yeah, a huge piece of my life. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your love for Rupe. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Well, we're very grateful to be joined today by Christian, one of our juniors. Thanks for coming into our little pod here to record with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to be here with you guys. So, Christian, you are an entrepreneur, and I've heard so many things about your awesome business. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Uh, Yeah. So, last year, um, I kind of wanted to start my own little business wasn't too sure about what to start um you know but i just wanted to get the hang of what it takes to start a business so i started a little landscaping company um over the summer last year and it went pretty good there was ups downs you know but it's all part of the learning experience um in order to get to where you want you have to have many you know failed attempts and it's it's, it's good it was good do you have a team that you work with? I do. Well, I have my, I hired my cousins um, most of the time. You know, your cousins are the people that you want to joke around with. But, you know, I told my cousins, I was like, we're working today. So you're, today I'm your boss. Tomorrow I'm your cousin, you know. And you just got to lock in, you know, and you got to just full send. They always work. I, I love like, that little slogan. Yeah. <laughs> today I'm your boss. Tomorrow I'm your cousin. Let's yeah. get to work. Yeah. Those are good boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing in your landscaping business. So uh, while my cousins are cutting grass or um, doing the pressure washer on the concrete, I'm up in the roof um, trying to clean the gutters. Um, I haven't, like, had a lot of experience with, like, broken gutters, but, you know, usually the houses that I get are pretty good. They're not as high, so, I'm, you know, I have all the safety equipment hang- strapped on everything. Good. Um, you know, 
I do the the top most of the time, and you know my cousins get to work down the grass and stuff. Is it is it something that you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy doing that kind of work? Well, or you kinda. enjoy the money that you make. Yeah, <laughs> probably that's one funny. or the other or both. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the money is you know why I'm doing this. You know, it, it's also just to help my dad. Um, you know, my dad's always been a hardworking guy, and I've always wanted like to provide for him as well since he's done it for you know all my life you know i want to just work get him out of like working and stuff and you know it's just something i want to do so it's not it's not like i want to do landscaping but i want to get the idea of what it is to take it like your like a business into your hands and like what it takes to start one so i feel like i'm into cars so maybe i want to do something around that you know area but you know i just want to get the hang of starting a business so you're a junior, you have the experience starting a business, and you have goals in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do with all of this experience you have as such a, a young student. And yeah, thanks for joining us. It's great to hear about the way in which your your dad, in some ways, his work ethic has inspired you to want to start your own business so you can support him and support yourself. And then also just the way in which you have taken the bull by its horns and started your own small business. Now we were talking about you need a name. Yeah. So Yeah, what's your business name? So uh, a lot of people call me Calacas. It's it's like a Mexican like calavera. It's just like, you mm-hmm. know, like a skeleton. Yeah. You know, but since I'm skin and bones, you know, <laughs> I, that's why they, they put me as Calacas, you know. And that's what my family calls me sometimes. So I think I want to put it as like Calacas landscaping oh, for now. Good. So it's it's a pretty good name, you know, traditional, like, Mexican name, you know, it's something that represents me. Consider this an ad for a Calaca landscaping. Yep. <laughs> Hire Christian for all your landscaping Let needs. Let know. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Christian, for joining us and for being a part of this episode. All right, thank you for having me. It's an honor for real. Before we go, we'd like to express our gratitude to the students, staff, alumni, corporate sponsors, and donors who make Arupe Jesuit such a special place. And a big thank you to our listeners. You're the reason we do what we do, and we appreciate your support. If you want to stay connected with us and continue the conversation, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Arupe Jesuit and on arupejesuit.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or want to share your own stories from Arupe Jesuit, please email us at podcast at arupemail.org. We love hearing from our community. And remember, read your books. Say your prayers. Take care of your friends. See you next time on the Arupe Arupe Jesuit Podcast. Podcast. Thank you.